Hello and welcome to a post-bowl edition of the Cyclone Insider podcast. He's Randy Peterson from Memphis, Tennessee. I am Travis Hines back in Iowa here to talk about Iowa State's 36-26 loss to Memphis in the Liberty Bowl to finish the 2023 season. Seven and six. Randy, I think we've got plenty to talk about, I think, about the game, about the season. Um, before we zoom out too far and look out, look at what the year was like and what 2024 may bring, I think it's worth looking at this game because I do think they they are related in both accounts and certainly a disappointing game, disappointing effort at times from Iowa State, certainly falling down 19 to nothing in the first quarter was about as bad as things could go. Um, they made it something of a game, never a single possession, but uh, just a disappointing end of the year and a disappointing performance, I think, from Iowa State uh, in the Liberty Bowl where they they miss out on a chance to get a bowl victory and to finish with eight wins instead of it's it's a seven and six with, a, I think, a pretty sour taste in your mouth if you're an Iowa State fan and certainly if you're uh, among the many returners of this Cyclone team. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, as you as you alluded to, Travis, we saw this was this was going back, going back to the way Iowa State played earlier in the year. The offensive line was wasn't good, just like it wasn't early in the year. Um, the rushing game was non-existent. Twenty rushes for zero yards. That's pretty abysmal, if you ask me. Um, some of the play calling, Iowa State, I thought early in the game at least was very passive on. On a lot of um, on 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 some of its some of its play calls, um, the Rocco Beck draw down by the goal line maybe was one of them. Third, what was it? Third down draw, something like that from inside the five. Um, I thought that I thought that was pretty questionable because when Iowa State hadn't been running against Memphis all day, why are they try? Why do they think they can do it down by the goal line? And actually, can't. Campbell did address did address that after the game, and he said that he said put that one on the coach. He he said that a few times, but this was kind of interesting. He said he said that <clears throat> that Memphis did did things defensively that they didn't expect, and he said that he said that it's, it's a lot of that was a, a result of Memphis's um, changing defensive coordinators during at some point during during the bowl prep. So. Um, Okay, but nonetheless, I, 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 Iowa State, Iowa State's the whole that okay that explains one sequence. Iowa State's whole offensive line did not did not play well the, um, today. Um, Memphis is better than I expected. I'll, I will say that they won ten games. Um, they're better than I thought, but Iowa State certainly can Iowa play State better. Today. Yeah, it, well, exactly. Yeah, and I, and yeah, by... I agree. By I would say more than ten points, they were the better team today, and I think that's why. Yeah, again, yeah, exactly. Because like, like you said, Iowa State needed to play out their at their butt at the end of the game, just to get just to get it to that. I mean, yeah, I mean, as as while Iowa State did pull close, somewhat close late in the game, you knew that Iowa State wasn't in, wasn't going to win. You you just knew it. Iowa State cannot play from behind, and that's what it was doing the whole game. Yeah, and like I said, we'll talk about what it means for the season and for 24. And certainly this game does not throw a grenade on what everything this Iowa state team accomplished, but to go out and have your running game rush for what was the total 
exactly zero yards. Zero. Yeah, not uh-huh. not great. I mean, Abu Sama spent more time behind the line of scrimmage than in front of it. The offensive yeah. line, you know, I think in terms of the rushing game, the blocking was worse in that Ohio game. But I think overall, when you factor in mm-hmm. not only just the um, the sacks that Iowa State surrendered, but that Rocco was constantly, not constantly, but frequently under duress. This might have been the offensive line's worst performance. I say might have. I think that Ohio game maybe still uh-huh. takes the cake. Uh, but that that is hugely disappointing. The way the defense got absolutely manhandled throughout the game. Like I thought Memphis had a great game plan. They were able to execute it. They were able to find weaknesses and really keep Iowa State on their heels throughout the game, which you just do not see John Haycock defenses playing on their heels in the third and fourth quarter very often. But that certainly was what was happening. And so, again, it's just – it was a bad game for Iowa State. It was a bad game for the coaching staff, I thought. It was a bad game for that offensive line. Uh, you know, Rocco Becht, 446 and three touchdowns. I'm not going to call that a bad game, obviously. Jaden Higgins had another monster game, nine catches, 214 yards. Uh, Noel was pretty good, too. But you add in the non-existent rushing game, you add in some quizzical play calling, and you add in a defense that just could not get out in front of things and would let get, let Memphis get out behind them. It, it just was a really tough game and a bad way to end an otherwise successful season for Iowa State. And I think it, this is going to linger, I think. I, I don't Again, I don't know that this is going to be any huge referendum on the 2023 season or Portend's doom and gloom for 2024 by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, Randy, this almost serves as something of a wake-up call that Iowa State, yes, had a successful season. Yes, by any measure, had a successful season. If they were to return, if the gambling probe never happens and they get all those guys back, they don't have all that to deal with in the summer, going 7-6 and and going to a Liberty Bowl after going 4-8 and last year is a resounding success. You add all that in, you add in 1-2, and and that is, you know, it's even clearly more successful of a season. But to me... You know, this couldn't serve as a wake-up call that the Big 12 wasn't that great this year. Iowa State probably got to six wins by beating mediocre teams, which, again, beating them is better than not beating them. But I think it's a reality check that you can't walk into 2024 and expect to be a preseason top 25 team and a Big 12 favorite. Like, there's work to do. And I think everybody in the clear light of day would acknowledge that. And But I think after you've had success throughout the year, maybe that gets the hype gets out in front of the results. And I think this is maybe a, a reality check of that. There's still, a, this is still a young team with a lot of work to do because, you know, they, they pretty much got uh, crushed by a team from the American athletic conference. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was something far, far beyond what, what I, I anticipated. I figured there'd be, I figured there'd be a lot of, the potential for a lot of points. But like you said, I didn't have any idea that Iowa State's rushing attack would be abysmal. And I certainly didn't have any idea Iowa State's um, defense would be would be as bad as it as it was. Um, but I do think that there is hope for I mean, I do think I don't think I think we both agree that there's that this program is despite what happened today, that this program is trending positive. And like you said, yeah, it's a wake up call that that um 
it's with especially with the with the new conference, um, the the Arizonas and 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 Utah and Colorado um, with the new teams coming into the conference next year. Yeah, Iowa State. Iowa State's not, not going to be able to. Um, you know, they've at least they've got a good foundation of of the team. Let's just say that. And I don't know whether any of that defensive stuff would have been different. Um, those long passes. I mean, my gosh, what was it? The third play of the game, fourth play of the game, huge, huge long pass. Um, right over. I thought it was Jeremiah Cooper right in there somewhere. Was was in on that too. Um, did did uh, um, Memphis know that? Um, T.J. Tampa and Malik uh, Malik Verdone around. Of course they did, absolutely they did. But I'm not. I'm not certain they wouldn't have passed. They passed. I'm not certain they wouldn't have passed anyway. Seth Hennigan is a good quarterback. There are two darn good quarterbacks on the field um, tonight, and and hitting is is young as is as is Purdy. So I don't think this is all doom and gloom. But like you said, I think I think that ending on a on a sour note is is not is not um, um, something obviously that 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 Iowa State even foresaw going into into the offseason because I think that that Iowa State really thought that they were going to win this game. Yeah, just getting a vibe from 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 the players um, throughout the week. Yeah, they were you, you said it. They were a 10 point favorite. And they they ended up losing by ten. So that's man, um, that's not a good thing. And I and I do think and I do think that that um, that uh, this that yeah, there were more Memphis fans there than than Iowa State fans. Uh, not many, but there but there were. Um, and I don't, but I don't know as far as this being a true home game for Memphis. But I guess it I guess it was. I mean, I guess it was. I guess it was. Um, um, but it was pretty 50-50 as far as fans are concerned. Yeah, and I, I wonder, too, like, with the running game, does this game – and let's start looking ahead, I think, because obviously I, – I mean, let's take a break here for a second. Put a bow on 2023. I think we both hit on it. Like, whatever happened today, like, as much as it was a disappointing performance from Iowa State – to go seven and six with this roster after last year and everything else, resounding success. You know, not unqualified success, obviously, but a resounding success. Um, and I, I don't know that there's anything more to say about that. I think we've, you know, I think everybody's got a pretty good grasp that's listening to this about what Iowa State achieved this year. And you know, I mean, hell, they were in kind of in the Big Twelve title game discussion for the last couple of weeks of the season. Like that's, that is more than anyone ever could have asked from this team going into the season, certainly after the one and two start in the loss to Ohio. Uh, but yeah, a, a successful win with a sour finish, I think probably sums it up. And now looking into 2024, I don't think this game to me, like, I don't think it's like, Oh, this was a fraud team, you know, the, in terms of playing a, a week schedule. I, again, I think, I think it's the reality check of there's talent on this roster that can be really good, I think. But they got to do a lot of the stuff that they did this last offseason, and that's get better year over year. You know, Rocco Beck probably could not have done – I mean, by everything we had seen and everything we've heard from the coaching staff, there's no way he could have done this year or could have done last year what he did this year. So there's got to be that continued growth. And I I wonder if a game like this 
puts that into stark relief. The other thing I wonder is when you see your offensive line once again just get absolutely demolished in your running game struggle, I don't think they're going to radically change anything they're doing in the offensive line. Like they've they've already changed that last year when Jeff Myers got fired and Ryan Clanton got hired. To me, I wonder do they look at changing what they already changed to a further degree in terms of putting the ball in Rocco Beck's hand and being a pass first offense. Again, I don't know that I'll ever, I have a hard time thinking of Matt Campbell going air raid, but do they acknowledge the fact that the running game right now does not seem to be the superior attack offensively. It looks like they really are good as a passing offense. I think Rocco Beck is really good. Jaden Higgins, Jalen Knoll, Ben Bramer, all back. You know, Ben uh, Nagoye had a big catch today, uh, not only in terms of yardage, but just a, a nice route. How about that one? Catch. Yeah. yeah. Staying in bounds. Like, that was a tough catch. So, again, like, do they look at that and say, yeah. as much as it is an antithesis to the way that we view football and the way that we feel like we can be sustainably successful at Iowa State, look at the personnel we have. Do we have to adjust to that? Like to me, that'll be the biggest question. And it'll be one that Matt Campbell will hate getting asked for the next six months. You're right. Matt Campbell is, is hard-headed and I don't say that in a bad way, but he's hard-headed. Committed we know, we know nice a lot of coaches are. <laughs> well, he is. He's stubborn. How about that? I'll put it, I'll put it that way. He's this way. He's stubborn. He's stubborn. He will not go to a pass first offense. And everybody outside the wall, his walls, and maybe some people inside the walls, think that that's maybe the direction this program should go because the Iowa, because like you said, Iowa State's got an offensive line is is suspect because Rocco Beck is 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 very good because the receivers are still very good, and because Ben Bramer is a he'll be a professional tight end at some point. I think you know you've got to utilize utilize those guys. And this isn't to say Sama isn't you know Sama is good. Sama is very good, but he's on when when you're when you're 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 running behind a a not a very good offensive line. It's tough to be good, and and yes, this is the same offensive line that blocked for him against Kansas State, but those circumstances were extremely different. Um. But uh, um, I'm I'm kind of if I'm an Iowa State fan, I think I think they 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 flush what happened today, and look at the fact that maybe I said this already that there were um, ten freshmen and sophomores combined that started today's game. There were five seniors that started today's game. The, so, is it possible to prepare, to win for the day to win the day while also to steal a phrase from C Prom? Is it possible to win the day while also preparing for the future? I think Iowa State and Campbell staff. I think they proved that today, or they proved that this season that it is. Now they need to go and get some help. They need to look in the portal, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll look at the portal and the running backs. Um, I know they're going to the portal for, for kickers. Campbell all but said that this week 
when I talked to him about Contreras that are waiting, they're waiting or the either the portal or, or the, the kicking camp that whatever it is, uh, March kicking camp that Jamie Cole has in Dallas. That's where they got Contreras. They found it. They found him in the kicking camp. Um, they'll go there and get a kicker and fill in a little bit on the, uh, around the, the defense. It's got some holes and especially in the secondary, but I don't know what you do with the offensive line. I don't know. I do not get it. That, uh, that to me is the, the biggest mystery with the team, why this offensive line continues. I mean, we, we thought it was going to be good. We thought it, had, it was improving. And then all of a sudden today, man, what a dud. I don't know where you go the portal for the offensive line. I, and it wasn't the case of a bunch of young guys. Um, um, everybody, but, but, but Brendan Black played this year. And Brendan Black may be the best, the true freshman. He may be the best offensive lineman on the team as 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 a true freshman. They need some more of him. But uh um um I think I think I was the quicker they flush this, what happened today, I think I think they'll be uh um it's not like they're they're starting out again and teaching guys new plays because the guys that are coming back, yeah, they're young, but at least they know the playbook. Um and yeah, I think we both can agree that the playbook could use some, some upgrading as well. Yeah, I don't think today informs my expectations for Iowa State in 2024 in any meaningful degree. You know, probably a little. Like, I mean, it makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit, obviously, with not being able to run the ball. It makes you raise your eyebrow with the way that the defense got handled. But again, I don't think it fundamentally changes what we've seen over the previous 12 weeks or I guess nine weeks, if you flush the first three and it doesn't change who we assume or think we know who's coming back next year. And again, like we were saying this or, you know, Randy, I think back in September, even when they were losing games that you looked at the roster and it's like, man, these young guys are kind of taking their lumps right now, but they're, they're pretty damn good. And I think we, we saw that unfold throughout the season and I would anticipate seeing more of the same next year. The question will be to degree, like, are they still a year, you know, to steal a phrase from our uh, buddy Fran for Schiller, are they still a year away from being a year away? Are, you know, are they, is next year going to be the year? Is there, do they need that? You know, you think back to the trajectory that that 2020 team was on that ultimately won the Fiesta bowl. Everybody thought 2019 was going to be their year to figure everything out and, be players in the big 12. And it took that, it took them being humbled a little bit to, I think, be a big catalyst for what ultimately happened in 2020. Is, is that the case here? And again, like nothing is promised. Like the, the work's got to be done. The team's got to be kept together. You know, sh- I, nobody was anticipating a gambling probe this summer. So again, you just never know what's going to happen. Like this stuff is really hard. That That's it's hard on the coaching staff. It's hard on the players. Just really hard to be really good year in and year out in the Big Twelve, and that—that's just the fundamental I, truth. I wonder, Trev. I—I'm I, sorry to interrupt. I wonder, though. I wonder, and this is really getting off off tangent. But how much did the gambling probe, other than being a distraction, other than being probably off the off, off off season distraction, how much did that play into this? Would Rocco Beck not have eventually been the starting quarterback, for example? Would would um, um, Ben Bramer not have gotten the catches, the the, the targets that um, Deshaun Hanneke got? Would 
um, um, who else? Who else? The the what's his name? The lineman Isaiah Lee. Would he have been a star? I don't know. I don't think so. But as so as far as personnel wise, I don't know that the gambling in that respect is a is a is an excuse. Yeah, it it it, it was it was tough as far as as uh, being a distraction, and I'm sure it was you know the players. As much as Campbell didn't want to talk about it around the locker room, I'm sure the players were talking about it while they were lifting weights and 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 whatever. So in that respect, it was a distraction. But what I'm saying is, I'm it's my guess, just my guess, that Rocco Beck, unless unless the quarterback play would have been outstanding, Rocco Beck would have been the quarterback at some point very early in the season. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. So I don't know whether we can blame it all on gambling. No, I'm not blaming anything on gambling, but I mean, you lose five starters, you lose five starters, and went like, did they ever find anybody that was consistently good as a running back, like Jirel was when he was healthy? I think the answer to that hey, is no. Like when he was healthy, yeah, no, you're yeah. right, and, yes. and maybe he doesn't yeah. stay healthy. Who well, I, I mean, like obviously we don't know, but I like I think they probably beat Ohio, frankly, because you're not dealing with essentially rookies all over the field. Um, but I mean, who the hell knows? I don't know, but I mean, like. It's never good when you lose five starters, right? Like that's kind of the baseline for me. I think like in the in the well, long right. term, yeah. it, it, in the long right. term, is Rocco back the better quarterback for Iowa State than Hunter Deckers? I think you can make that argument. I mean, he obviously had a much better first year as a starter, despite not having been two years in the yeah. program behind the best quarterback in school history. So, I mean, again, I don't think that's a hard argument to make. I think Jirel makes him better. I think Hanukkah makes him better, even if long term Ben Bramer, you know, sky high potential there. Um, Isaiah Lee, yeah, I think he helps them. Is he a star? No, but I think he helps them. That defensive line was not great all year long. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it certainly made a difference to what degree, you know, who the hell knows. But I guess my point is I still think this is probably, if everything goes right for this team, like I think they're a player in the new look Big 12. If things don't go look go right, you know, you're probably looking in that soft middle again. And, you know, the – Mm-hmm. the difference between those two things is is razor thin and that's uh what makes the game interesting and that makes it really difficult for the guys on the roster yeah with that, I, I don't know what yeah. you're good you, you, you got a plane, you got a plane to catch right you got a plane to catch you've been in memphis too damn long. 5 15 in the morning dude 5 15 he's randy peterson flight. i'm travis <laughs> hines this has been the cyclone insider podcast Thanks to Randy for everything he did in Memphis this week. We'll get him back tomorrow, and we will be uh, off and running with uh, Big 12 men's basketball on our end. Our colleague Tommy Birch will handle uh, the Iowa State women and the Big 12 uh, race, which gets underway here shortly. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading all football season long. We'll have plenty of football stuff this offseason, which figures to be a less dramatic offseason, but maybe a more important offseason. in terms of wins and losses, you know, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of changes in the coaching staff like we saw last year. So maybe not quite as uh, pivotal, but you know, a lot riding on this off season. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for reading all season long for Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Talk to you next time.